Mr. Connor is a registered representative and managing principal with Connor Wealth Management. Securities offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA, SIPC. Opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, its guests, and callers, and not those of WLDL, its management, staff, or sponsors. Nothing contained in this program should be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell a security, and if applicable, only after the prospectus has been read and understood by the customer. These decisions can only be made after consideration of an investor's investment objective and the investment suitability. Good morning. Today is Friday, October 20th, 2023, and I am pleased to say that I am joined in studio by my friend, Mr. Eric Connor, who is the president and CEO of Connor Wealth Management, chief bottle washer. Uh, you you do everything, right? I do a little bit of everything. That's right. right. When you, when you're when you're in charge, every detail's up to you at the end, right? Great is, great staff, but if there's still something left to do at the end of the day, it's my it. it's my task to do. That's right. Agreed. Yep. I I remember it well when I owned my. My little business myself. Yep. 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 It, uh, it, it, you know, it's exhilarating and a challenge and gives you freedom, but also it's, it's ever present in your life, right? Like, <laughs> you know, so on the weekend, if I'm a little bit bored and somehow don't have anything to do, drive over to the office. There's always something to do at the office. Exactly. Always. Always, always some paper to pick up or move around. Or, yep, a yeah. window to wash, a, a sill to clean, a plant to water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I, if I could apologize to my plants, that would be good. Oh, yeah. When yeah. I when I uh, got rid of my business, the young man that opened the business in the same spot, I said, now, don't forget to water the plants. He looks, he looks up at me deadpan serious. He goes, there's a plant? <laughs> I said, yeah, that big sprawling thing, it's in the front window. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> doesn't It doesn't feed and water itself. No, I, I water it every Wednesday. When you're there. Yeah. 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 There you go. <laughs> well, as you uh, crack yourself up in there... <laughs> And had to go to the mute I button. To, I had to. I'll, yeah. yeah, I'll I'll point out the the joyful news for uh, uh, as a as a newfane born kid. Yeah, what great no- news that buys popcorn is Yay. reopening. Yes, we're saddened by the uh, the loss of its founder, but we are delighted that they are going to carry the tradition on. Absolutely, and, good uh, good for them. Yep, that's that's great. Now, if they could just raise that roof about two feet, oh, so yeah, we can avoid, avoid concussions. I guess, <laughs> I guess that uh, that lo- that roof line is proof that a hundred years ago we were smaller people. People were short, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or it shrunk, or the ground came up, or something. <laughs> Isn't that something? So, uh, so it is known, like just sort of as a random aside, it is known that. Living a healthier lifestyle does, and and genetics plays a role in increasing height. And so there have been studies that throughout, um, I don't know what I'll say, the last couple hundred years, that people absolutely have gotten taller. Oh, yeah. Have you seen kids' feet size these days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, yeah. you know, I lay a lot of that to the growth hormones they put in the fast food, too, though. 
Or it could, it's well, just regular food, chicken hormone, you know, yeah, you buy chicken, it, there's real it, hormones It could in be, it. but there's even, like, even now in, in um, uh, like, uh, in North Korea where they are so challenged with malnutrition and a poorly designed uh, um, uh, array of foods, uh, people are very undersized in general in North Korea. They, they have lost... There's enough uh, health information. They've lost something like two or three inches of average height over the last, I don't know what it is, 40 years or something. Really? Yeah. So, like, literally adult males in North Korea are not as tall as they used to be because of the chronic malnutrition that runs in that country. Isn't that something? Boy, it's... And totally... This is so not financial information. So for people that tuned in, sorry, sometimes we just get scattered at the beginning. That's okay. Eric Cook, do you know who the tallest people are on Earth? And this isn't like some random joke. I mean, like by country. Do you know who happen to be the tallest people on average? I'm going to guess Americans. You'd kind of think that way. You would. It's weirdly, last I knew, it is weirdly people from the Netherlands. The Netherlands? Yeah. What are they eating? I have no idea. Snowballs? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not even really that cold there, right? Because yeah. it's just a little bit north of France. No kidding. How tall are they on average? Uh, it's actually quite impressive. I mean, they're, they're something like two and a half inches taller than really? the average Americans. Yeah. So that's why they got them big blonde-haired, blue-eyed people. They're I guess. They're so big and uh, muscular and busty. I guess, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. The strapping Netherland Dutch people. Yeah. Huh. Isn't that something? Hmm. Crazy, useless information out of, yes. me, out of me at the beginning of this show. Well, I have some crazy, useful information. Okay, let's go. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, your hero and mine, Mr. Eric Connor, is the- turning 31 this weekend. <laughs> I, I, I wish it was 31. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I understand you had a really pleasant birthday surprise already this weekend. It's not even your birthday yet. Tell me about Correct. that. Correct. So, in the Connor household, we are generally down to one child left in the house. And she attends Lockport High School. So, you know, you get up, you're up kind of early. The bus comes kind of early. And we get downstairs today, and on the couch is my 18-year-old daughter, who should be in Long Island at college. She flew in Uh, last night, got my oldest child to pick her up at the airport and bring her down to the house. They kept it totally under wraps, did not even let my wife in on the surprise. And she flew in. She's here until uh, Monday morning. So she can spend her birthday, my birthday, with her. And so we are still all together as a fivesome on on our birthdays. Man, that is just fantastic. There's nothing nothing more important than family. Yeah, that was that's a really cool surprise. So kudos to Avery for arranging the uh, the trip all on her own. You know, she's big girl doesn't need mom and dad to make flight arrangements or anything. And uh, she recently went through and got TSA precheck. Technically, she got global entry. Right. She gets TSA pre-checks, so now she gets to go through the what I always call the VIP line at the airport. And right. good for her, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so good on my son for 
He went to the Sabre game and then had to go to the airport afterwards to pick her up. <laughs> and her flight was an hour delayed. So, oh, no. So he really took one for the team in terms of staying up and getting her. Yeah. So thanks to both of them. And, uh, yeah, what a great surprise. Really. Oh, it was wonderful. Totally, 100% did not in any way know that that was going to happen. That's a best surprise ever. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, in case you're tuning in late and we've been lollygagging and dilly-dallying, you are listening to Ask the Pro here on WLVL 1340 AM, streaming worldwide at WLVL.com. My guest this morning is Mr. Eric Connor from Connor Wealth Management. He is located at 5860 Snyder Drive here in Lockport. And if you would like to have a consultation with him on a private basis, you can call his office at 439 439- one one four three four three nine one one four three. If you would like to have a consultation with him here on the air and just join our conversation, let's do that. At four three three one four three three. We always welcome calls on the air. Four three three fourteen thirty three. So uh what is the state of our uh economy these days, Eric? Some people are looking grim, other people are going woohoo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's why we lollygag at the beginning. <laughs> uh, the economy and the market and interest rates and inflation and gas prices and the Middle East and Russia and Ukraine and what does it all mean? Holy cow. So the market has not been our friend over the last couple of months. We've continued to have interest rate concerns. Uh, the 10-year government bond hit 5%. The yield on it hit 5% for the first time since 2007. Uh, just did that yesterday, later yesterday. Um, I would sort of say that is not a terrible surprise that the 10-year has finally, not steadily, but has finally gotten to that 5% number. Um, we have had a lot of interest rate increases, and of course those increases are always at the short end of the yield curve. Three months, six months, one year, that sort of behavior is where the Fed has some control. They don't technically control what the yield is out at the 10 and 20 and 30 year mark so the markets finally come around to the idea that hey maybe we should have these rates higher than they've been so the 10-year has has moved higher over the last 18 months just not really very rapidly but that 10-year movement is the same reason why mortgage rates have been moving the way they have and so they hit a high of 8%, which hadn't been since the year 2000. So we are hitting some, what you might call, round numbers. And it's a reflection of concern out there, right? Inflation is not as not nearly as high as it was, but is still above trend, meaning they, the Fed aims for 2%. It's still running hotter than that. Um currently at 3.7. So I talked over the last year how we would see that 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 inflation number would appear to be lowering as time went on. And I'd said, you know, before we'd get below five and we'd get below four and a half. And now we're at the point where we're below four, but we're still at 3.7. It's still higher than what the Fed wants. 
So they have definitely stayed on track with their opinion that they're going to raise rates another quarter of a point before year end. Not saying it's 100% that they're going to do it, but they're still on that same path. So put it in the very likely category. And when you wrap that all together, yeah. the stock market doesn't like it. So the market's been adjusting, right? So sure. since maybe mid-August, we've had news about inflation and auto strikes and uh, government shutdown. And now we have a House of Representatives that can't elect uh, a majority spe a speaker of the House. And now we have a problem with Israel and the Palestinians. And so how's the market going to respond to it? Yeah, you're going to have a little bit of weakness in there, right? right? And so you just sort of layer on bad news, bad news, bad news. All right. The other side to that coin, are we in a recession? No, not yet. Not yet. We still have we still have enough job growth, we still have enough economic activity. We're not in a recession. Maybe it's not robust as it was, but we're not in a recession for the people that as soon as the yield curve went inverted 18 months ago who said, "Oh my gosh, we're going to plunge into a recession yeah well 18 months later we're, we're we're still not in a recession um so i would just say the mart the stock side is still just digesting and adjusting to all the data that comes out and given that it's just tilted towards negative news the market has adjusted lower and not higher and does it mean we're into a big problem no Eric, I gave you the little cheat sheet ahead of time. Yep. Right? The market low was a full year ago at this point. Right. It's, it's, we, it's not been robust in terms of how we've rebounded off that low. Some things are still not higher at all. When you look at utilities and consumer staples, they have not participated over the last year. They're still a little bit negative. Yeah. But you've had some tech stocks rebound. You've got some drug stocks that have done very well, mainly geared towards the weight loss market that has kind of come out, which if you're watching television, you see the Ozempic commercials, Manjaro commercials. Uh, they're sort of revolutionizing some of the behavior in the healthcare industry. And I'll just slide to a, a, a on a tangent for a second. Those results out of those weight loss drugs are so impressive that in the market in the stock market manufacturers of CPAP devices are down a lot and the stocks of the glucose monitoring devices for diabetics are down a lot really? because the drug the results from the weight loss drugs are that people that have some of those chronic conditions once they lose the weight are no longer suffering from adult onset diabetes because now their body is functioning in a better manner with by dropping the weight or the concern for the CPAP company is that the big person needs a CPAP device for sleep apnea but as they lose the weight now they're not suffering from sleep apnea. They don't need the device anymore. Holy cow, what a time we are living in with wow. the results from those drugs. Isn't that something? It's a, it really is 
amazingly impressive is kind of the way you would you don't want to call them miracle drugs but the results and the added benefits are really really impressive at this point mm-hmm. and knock on wood they have not yet found really severe um negative effects right like there haven't been the case of like yeah this really helps you lose weight but you know one in ten people die of a heart attack or you right. know, so there yeah, hasn't been any of that stuff yet. that was my next question you know when's when's the other shoe gonna fall yeah so there's an occasional bit of for the people on the weight loss uh medication there is some uh, uh side effects that are just sort of unpleasant whether it's nausea or diarrhea or you know cramping or something like that um, but it is not, uh, let me say, life-limiting in terms of it's, it's not taking time off. It's not putting you in the hospital, anything like that. Yeah. So, so the market gains over the last year, they've been pretty narrow is the way to say it, right? So if you've been in a broadly diversified portfolio, things that are in the large-cap growth category have shown some good numbers because of the behavior of tech stocks. But once you get out of that category, you're not you're 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 seeing a lot of wheel spinning, a lot of really small gains. Uh, I met with a client yesterday where we talked about a, a mid cap value fund that he happens to own, and it's up like four point two percent year to date. Okay, right? Better than losing, right? But it's not very exciting. It's not it's yeah. not great. Um, and then, you know, you compare that to the large cap growth fund that is in his portfolio, and that was up 21% year to date, right? So it's it has not been a broad-based market, even though we've been off that low for a year. And there are some spots that are definitely weak. Even when you look at the way energy stocks have behaved, where um, oil and gas has become more expensive over the last, uh, call it three months, you haven't had a huge rally, a huge difference in a lot of the prices. So, you know, it's not as easy as just saying, yes, we're in this raging bull market and everything you buy goes up. Nope. It hasn't been like that. It's probably not going to be like that until after the next time we have a real bear market, right? When you Once you've gone through a bear market, that is part of a recession, then you often have the rising tide lifting all the boats. Prior to that, and this is, again, where we're at right now, prior to that, it's more hit or miss. Certain areas are outperforming. Certain spots just can't get any traction, right? If you're in an, um, let's say you're interested in the transportation industry, well, Airline stocks have been down because of the jet fuel increase. They had a nice run, but they've been down now for several months. Uh, Auto stocks have been a disaster because of a strike. Uh, Even Tesla came out. They're not impacted by the strike. Tesla came out with their earnings uh, two days ago now, and they're off probably 10 or 15% since since that report. a lot of the uh, shipping trucking companies have had poor outcomes lately. Some are doing fine, but some are not. So, you know, even when you just talk about sort of the economy that we all see every day, just mm-hmm. looking at the road and paying attention to the transportation of goods 
around us. It even that isn't um, hasn't been all rosy, you know, sunshine and rainbows in that regard. Yeah, I, I was reading something about when Yellow Trucking Company they went out of business, and they have a subsidiaries, you know, tons of subsidiary trucking companies underneath them, and they're they're having a hard time even getting rid of their fleets. Yeah, they're not selling their fleets. Yeah, it's it's, it's strange, uh, right? Because there's an actual shortage of truckers still. Right. So you'd sort of think, well, with this company going bankrupt, there'd be a what there'd be a market. Well, there'd only be a market if you could actually put a driver in, in the truck. in the vehicle, That's right? right. You gotta put somebody in the truck. And um you know, it kind of comes back to the idea of you selling your car in the front yard and you think, Well, this this thing's a beauty, it's a ten thousand dollar car and someone comes around and offers you five grand, and you say no, it's worth ten. And the next guy comes around and says, "I'll give you fifty-five hundred. He says, "You know, it's worth ten. If everyone keeps telling you it's worth five or fifty-five hundred, that's what it's worth. That's right. It's worth what everybody's willing to pay for it. Yeah, that's what yeah. I learned in the retail industry. <laughs> right, right. And uh, you know, many years ago when I was selling sports collectibles in during college and right after college. You know, we'd have baseball cards or hockey cards that were going up or down in value on a monthly basis. But there'd be a, a price guide, right, that gets printed, known as the Beckett price guide back then. Um, and it would have the listing of all these card prices. And they said, well, in the, in the guide, it's worth 12 bucks." Like, yeah. But the guy's hit, you know, eight more home runs in the last week. So it's it's gone up in value. Right. Right. So, yeah, it's what is someone willing to pay for it at that point in time, right? And that's even the, the very nature of stock market prices, right? It's not just the car on the lawn for sale. It's also literally how a market is priced day in and day out. That's right. So we've had, you know, I don't think I've been super uh, pessimistic or super optimistic in the last little while. Because it is such a mixed bag of information, right. and it really probably is going to continue like that, right? Um, if the Fed raises rates a quarter like they've said they're going to, the market probably kind of shrugs at that because they've been told you're going to have that raise. Mm -hmm. um, a different piece of news that matters as much as anything else is that one of the Fed governors gave an interview or a speech and he said, eh, we're probably not looking at rate cuts until later in 2024. Because some people have been looking for rate cuts as early as like the March time period. Sure. He comes out on a speech and says, yeah, not yeah. so fast. Okay. So, you know, there's always that constant adjustment of trying to figure out mm -hmm. where are we? What's the future looking like? Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to... Mr. Eric Connor from Connor Wealth Management here on WLVL, and you are certainly welcome to join our conversation by calling 433-1433, and someone has decided to do that. Good morning, caller. What is your thought, concern, comment, or question? Good morning, fellas. This is Randy. Hey, Randy. I have a, a, a question um, for you, too, um, and you are the, the experts, I believe. You know, the big three are on strike. I look at it as, you know, the longer they're out and they're not making cars and inflation is maybe you're saying it's in the middle. To me, 
me, it's still high. I mean, go to Tops and try to buy food. It's crazy. Um, do you think that the cars, when they do go back to work, we're going to be more money? I mean, how does this help the economy? I mean, how do we move forward from here? It makes no sense. And I'm retired from GM, so it, it's different for me the way I think about things. But I would like your view on it. Yeah. Okay. No, thank you. I'll thank, let you th- go. Thanks, Randy. Thanks for the call. So, yeah, I guess the one thing to remember, right, they're on strike. They're not on strike for the, the greater economy. <laughs> they're not on strike because they're any of those uh, union uh, talking points are to make the economy bigger or better. They're on strike because they feel that the effects of inflation have impacted them and that the auto companies have been making a large amount of profit and they want to negotiate higher pay and benefits for their workers. it's, It's not bigger than that. It's they are trying to get a bigger slice of the pie at those individual companies. And so... Yeah, how does it relate to us? Uh, I think Eric and I touched on it on the last show. We are, if they get higher pay, higher benefits, which if they, uh, if the strike is successful in that regard and they sign, you know, a new labor agreement with um, a higher amount than, than had been expected, you absolutely can expect the price of cars and trucks to be higher because of that added input cost right the the actual expense of creating that vehicle will be higher with higher pay and higher benefits so yeah don't uh i would just say don't mix the two because they're not concerned that the price is going to go higher for the average citizen in america that's not what they're striking about no they're 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 they want a bigger piece of the action for themselves and that's their right yeah. and and you know like it, it's just an idea of don't mix the two parts together because that's just not their intention right well after after our last talk about the uh, auto strike I don't, I don't know how true it is but i had a listener who worked for gm text me and say that the the uh, the cost of labor incorporated into the automobile is only five percent of the cost of the vehicle I, I don't know where he got that statistic from, and I don't know if it's true, but that's that's what they said. Uh, yeah, I don't have it in front of me. I would have to say that is very low. Yeah. I mean, I mean know, just, advertising is huge, of course, but... Uh, sure. I mean, you know, when you look at kind of the main input costs, right, you've got the physical part itself, right. the steel, the plastic, the computer right. chips, the mm-hmm. rubber... And then you'd really have to assume the next largest piece is the labor piece. And I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't even know quite honestly which would be first. My assumption would be that it's the input costs on the material is prob- right. probably the higher. But yeah, you'd have to assume that the labor cost is the second largest in there. Yeah. Of the actual employees involved, right. not not just saying, well, you know, management gets paid a lot too. Like, yeah, they do, but. Right. They're producing, I don't know, what's GM making now? A couple million cars a year. Probably, yeah. You know, so if you just say, well, Mary Barra is making 
five million a year go okay well five million a year divided by two million vehicles she's literally getting paid two and a half dollars per vehicle right. from that standpoint I, again i don't know what the quantity they're producing but uh yeah i would have to think the physical labor going in there is pretty high as well but again not knowing it as gospel it's in you know Hard, hard to tell. But, yes, there's a lot that goes into the actual cost. There's transportation costs for the vehicles themselves. There's the factory cost. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're talking about these battery factories as being part of the negotiating oh, yeah. uh, framework, right? Because once you transition away from not needing an engine in right. the traditional sense... Well, now the battle is the auto worker being employed in the battery plant. Right. So let's see what this caller has to say. Good morning, caller. You are on with Eric Connor. What's going on, Jim? Good morning. How's everybody today? Eric and Eric. Great. Eric squared. Yep. I, Eric, I was wondering if you could explain a phenomenon to me, and I guess maybe very simple. I'm just kind of lost on it. But I have a couple of stocks. I'll, I'll just say they're both in transportation. Um, and... Uh, they're getting really good um, recommendations to buy or, or hold. Uh, target prices have been increasing by some of the major companies, you know, that, that give out that information. And there's been good reports on earnings and futures, et cetera. Um, both stocks I saw increase in July by about 20%. But since then, they've gone down by 20%. Even though every, everything that I read is, you know, positive about these stocks. Um, I, you know, I understand the general market has been down. Is that is can that explain why that's dragging down stocks that would should be, you know, a good stock? Yeah. Can I can can I actually ask a slight follow up? When you say they're in transportation, can you go a little more specific? Are they in like trucking cruise industry? Cruise industry. Okay. So yeah, it's it's interesting because there is an ebb and a flow based on a few things when you're looking at a cruise industry specifically what's the one thing that starts happening in this time of year hurricanes it's out Mm -hmm. of your it's out of your control it's not really in any of their prediction models and so that sort of news even if it doesn't impact them directly right in Mm -hmm. terms of like an actual cancellation it can come in and hurt their stock price in the shorter term. So so that's one kind of idea. Here's the other thing. In that time period, you've had, had let's say, a bit of a run-up in cruising, airlines, and, and whatnot, because there had been some moderation to the fuel costs that they incur. When you go back now a couple of full months, we started to have an increase again in the oil and gas and jet fuel and all of those products. We've started to have those increases partially because of war, partially because of weather. I will tell you, it's amazing how fast the stock market will take some value away from the airlines and the shipping companies, and in your case, the cruise industry, if they feel those fuel costs, the actual running the business cost is going up, 
and and if it's going up a little faster than what had been anticipated. And so you had you had the price of let's say just a barrel of oil. It's not like the ship is running on oil in this way, but let's just say <laughs> you had the price of oil go from, you know, basically seventy one or seventy two dollars a barrel, it gained twenty bucks. You know, getting yeah. into the ninety range, it gained twenty bucks in a matter of, I don't know, t- say twenty trading days. That will absolutely move quickly into hurting those share prices. Doesn't mean it's going to stay, though. That's the one thing to sort of remember. If if they've done a good job and they've maybe um, done some contract hedging, so that they're not, it, so that they don't actually incur those higher costs, it'll come out as a positive earning response when they finally do declare their earnings. So sometimes it is real short term behavior that doesn't last into the future. But yeah, it can be very, to your point, it can be very sudden. And when you got good earnings and you've got price target increases, you sort of think, hey, the wind is at my back. This is going to be a nice little runway for me. But then you have these little news events that sort of just nick away at the share price. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been pleased with the stock performance overall because um, I bought it basically after COVID and it was way low. So I I knew it was underpriced at that point. And it's come back. Um, I think another thing that's been affecting it, or maybe they haven't seen it yet, is during COVID they canceled so many cruises. And for the, uh, let's see, the last two years, a lot of people have just been using their credits for the cruises that they didn't take. The, the cruise companies gave out uh, future cruise credits. Absolutely. So that the one that you missed, you could take it at a future date. And it wasn't new money coming into the company. It was money that they had already uh, reported or, or money they had already collected. Yep. But um, there wasn't a lot of new money coming in. Now it's all new money. So I'm, I'm thinking that that should really give them a boost once those numbers get recorded. I, I would agree in that in the way you're thinking the 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 credit that sat there not only was it money they already had in hand but they're now also giving that service if you think of it as a service they're giving mm-hmm. that service at newer inflated dollars right so they uh, they got the money yeah. two years ago they've sort of had it mm-hmm. on account but now when that person finally shows up and takes the cruise. Now they're using higher fuel costs. They're using higher food costs. So it's actually uh, a little worse on their profit margin for for, the, for those late arrivals. So, yes, to mm-hmm. your point, the new sales that are going to come in, the new reservations, that will actually be more profitable to them. Okay. Good. So – Basically, wait and see. <laughs> a little bit, you know, and I'll I'll just say uh, I'll make another uh, observation point for you that you can sort of look at, and it's it's not an apples to apples comparison, but it's it's very similar in its some of its behavior. I would say pay attention to how Disney is behaving. Disney and their theme park and their cruises give you a lot of insight into where consumer dollars are being spent. And so you can sort of tell that they've been under pressure and that explains a little bit how the your the the specific cruise ships that you're looking at have been under pressure mm-hmm. a little bit as well. Now I will okay. say 
Disney's currently fighting that battle. They've actually raised their theme park prices again. And that may or may not be the right decision. Historically, it's worked out fine for them. But um, I don't know that the, the cruise industry is really in a position to just raise and raise and raise and still stay at full capacity right now. So, you know, again. That has been one thing that I've been reading is that a lot of them, the cruise companies, have increased their rate. Um, and I, I think it was in response to the pent-up demand uh, from COVID that they figured, well, people are traveling again, so now is a good time to raise the price. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. You saw it. You saw it even in the airline earnings reports of the last uh, two quarters. They outperformed because there were so many people, uh, so many Americans flying internationally that they outperformed on the airline industry. So yes, that's all the same kind of point, right? Disney theme parks have been jam packed. They've had complaints of the overcrowding, so they're raising their rates. The airline companies had so many internationals, they they outperformed. And so, yeah, I think the cruise industry would do exactly the same thing. They will raise their rates to try to find where that high watermark is so that they're no longer at 100% of capacity. I don't know what their magic number is, but they I would almost guarantee they don't want to be at 100% full occupancy they'd probably rather have higher prices and be at 92 percent occupancy on those ships mm-hmm. probably just runs I a do. little probably runs a little better not being jam-packed to the gills yeah actually uh, in recent reports that i've read they've uh, noted that some of the uh, cruise lines are reporting um occupancy at over 110 percent yeah see and, and, I, and that's but that's because they they count 100 percent as Two people to a cabin, right? And if you have a, a family of four in a cabin, so anybody over those four or over the two yep. puts them at a uh, additional percentage. So. Yeah, and I great. and well, I, I appreciate the show. I, I listen every time you're on, and uh, really like uh, the information. Even if I don't call in, I'm listening. All right, thank you so much. <laughs> All right, thank you. Well, all right. Thanks, caller. That is an awesome call, but it I was. I think it foreshadows an announcement. Well, <laughs> yeah, I listen even though I don't call. I love enjoy your show. I listen every time you're on. Yep. Yes. Well, uh, listeners, I'm going to make an announcement. It's not on bad news, but I'm going to uh this will be my last show for a while. I'm going to uh take a step back. I've been doing it twice a month for six and a half years. And uh, talk to the the fine people at WLVL about stepping away for a little while, uh, taking a breather. Business is good. It's not any kind of health issue. It's not a problem with the work. Um, But it's it's a hectic life at times. And so I'm going to take a step back. Um, Don't know if it'll be, you know, a couple of months, six months, a year. Not sure. Um, But. This will be my last show for a little while. I've had a a ton of fun coming and having the people at WLVL. And now, Eric, you and I have been probably two years together. Yeah, a little over two years, yeah. That's pretty good that I can actually create a little bit of a reference point out of my head. Yes, Um, yeah. It's it's been nothing but enjoyment on, on my side. I love it when I'm out and people, and just twice this week, I've bumped into people who are like, Love it when you're on WLVL. Listen every time. 
and I, I, I really can't say it enough. Like I've appreciated all those compliments and I've enjoyed my time and it's just a spot of being a little bit busy, uh, and, and needing to kind of dial back a little bit of my activity. Um, you know, you could sort of say, maybe I got a little too much anxiety in my life and need to (laughs) (laughs) dial that down a notch. Um, but it's been great. Eric's been great to work with. I got started for longtime listeners after John Shepard uh, took a step back uh, in terms of working. And I, I took on uh, kind of the time slot that he had. He did a little more often. It wasn't quite every week. but right. And I settled into the first and third Friday. Um, and for those beginning years, I was with Ron Rates. That's right. And um, and that worked out great. And uh, and Norm, pa- Norm Palmer did some shows with me for a while. Uh, John Maser has uh, sub-pinched hit yep. a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, and so it's all been good. It's all been good. And I appreciate the phone calls and all the kind words and the compliments. And I will jokingly say people have, for any stupid thing I've ever said on here, People have not complained really about that, so I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate that as well. <laughs> I'm I'm sure I have put my foot in my mouth more than once. Well, it's live radio, man. It just yeah, it happens. Yeah, and and jokingly, there was not a cough button until the last couple of years, so that's been really great too. The uh, yeah. sitting in here, maybe on a day when I was a little under the weather or needed to clear my throat. There was not a way to escape the microphone in the in the early time I was here. So that's great, too. Um, but it's all been good. It's all been good. So thank you that for everyone that's listened and given compliments and paid attention and called in. Thank you for lending an ear to whatever crazy stuff been coming out of my mouth for six and a half years. Well, we certainly do appreciate the uh, the advice or uh at least the observations of what's going on, because it's you know, we have to, can't construe it as advice exactly, right, right? But we can construe it as an observation that is uh, gives strong leading tones into what may be helping us to make better decisions in our financial careers. And of course, what can give you advice is if you just call Mister Connor at his office at four three nine one one four three four three nine one one four three now that can be construed as advice <laughs> just not over the, <laughs> over the radio we have to be careful what we call advice but um and of course he is still and going to be forever located not forever but for at least forever now five eight six zero snyder drive here in lockport yeah i, I signed a long-term lease so i it will, de- there it will definitely be a long there will be uh Many more birthdays <laughs> since this is a birthday weekend. There will be many more birthdays while I am still at five eight six zero Snyder Drive. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a good thing. So, callers, you still have a few minutes to call in. We still got four or five minutes left at four three three one four three three. If you would like to have your final thoughts and uh, with Mister Kano here, so business is good. You said before the show you've been running around like a madman. Which is good. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a very very active week. Um, a lot of in office appointments, a lot of telephone calls, um, and and it's been a grab bag of you know some people are calling about uh, where interest rates are. Some some it's just our annual review time for some of them. Um, we've had 
uh, three people this week doing qualified charitable distributions out of their IRA, which is fantastic. It takes every time we do that, it takes paperwork client needs to sign. But what it is, it's when they have a required minimum distribution, they can take that money that needs to come out. They can send it directly to a charity. And then you avoid the taxation on that dollar amount. Okay. So I have said uh, many times, you know, they'll say like, oh, geez, that's a lot of paper you got to create. I'm always like, it is one of the best parts of my job knowing that the client is charitably inclined and wants to, instead of just shoving that distribution into their pocket, that they want to actually... Right. Gifted out on a charitable basis. It's fantastic. So for people that are at 73 and above, just know that you could, if you have that extra and you want to um, avoid the taxes on that distribution, you can actually direct it to a charity, including church, um, and, and you avoid the taxation on that distribution and it satisfies your required minimum distribution. So it's fantastic to do that. So well, we, it's been an active week for that. We were just talking this morning with the, uh, the folks from Lockport Cares. Yeah. And uh, there's, they accept you know, distributions like that from people who are, like, are minded to that because you know, they don't want to give their money to Junior that's going to buy a Ferrari and wreck it. Next week. They yeah, I'll actually taxes. say two of the three people that we did that paperwork for this week, Lockport Cares was on their list. Good. So it's good. because they were our in-house guests this morning, and we were just talking about that. Yeah, fantastic organization. It is. Absolutely yes. fantastic. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it, it's one of those things where if they weren't here, we'd have a bigger problem in the community. Right. Taking care of... I'll say needy people. Right. They'd they'd have a tougher time having their needs met. That's right. If we did not have Lockport Cares. That's right. Because it is a transitionary situation. Correct. It's not permanent. That's it's, right. It's, That's right. It's it's a limited time. Come in. Let's get your feet under you, and right. find find a permanent solution. That's right. If and we be can. treated with dignity at the same time. Absolutely. That's you know yeah. that is so critically important. You know it's. Everybody needs to be treated with dignity. I don't Correct. care who you are. I don't care what your social economic status is. I don't care what color you are. If you're tall, short, big, fat, or bald, it does not matter. Everyone needs to be treated with dignity. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Yep. And you, sir, have treated me with dignity for, for the last several years, and I do appreciate you, and we do hope that you will uh, be able to return to the airwaves sooner rather than later. That'll Final be the thoughts. Oh, thanks for the listeners over the years. Uh, I, again, I've appreciated the compliments. It really is um, humbling to to have so many people tell me that they've been listening. It's great. Good news for the station, obviously, but it's also really nice to hear on my side. So I appreciate it. And uh, I guess I'll leave it since we sometimes start the show on sports. I'll leave it with a go Bills. And throw that one sweatshirt away. Yeah, my uh, my non good luck yes. bills wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we know. What is it about being superstitious? I'm a little stitious. I'm not superstitious. <laughs> Until we meet again, sir. Take care. Thank you.